Hello. This is so odd. This is just you saying hello and introducing what the show is. That's... It's almost like what other podcasts do. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I went to podcast training school this past week, um, which is real, and I have no further use for that reference. There, there's no joke attached to the end of that. I thought there might have been, but I wasn't quick enough. So, hello, Gaff. How are you? He's is that Gav good. leaving? Is Gav done? Yeah, he's, he's so good he decided to just get up and go. He, he okay. decided, like, I don't need to be on the podcast because Jim's been to podcast school. How could I possibly live up to Jim's he- yeah. wild high standards? Too professional. Are you back, Gav? Sorry, I had to run away there. My internet was being weird and I had to make sure okay. no one was streaming anything. That's, That's all right. Fine. I, That's fine. We, we thought you were just intimidated by Jim having gone to podcast school. Yeah, me being so good at podcasts now, uh, it's, it's enough yeah. to make anyone scared and frightened. I, before right. we know it, you'll be, you'll, you'll be beating out them McElroy boys and doing you'll be doing podcasts for every day of the week soon. Oh yeah, they uh, I love the McElroy. School of Pod. They do. Then they'll they they'll make a movie podcasts. of it called School School of Pod, where uh, Jim is played by Jack Black. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, so hey, we're here. It's a video game show, and we didn't do a bunch of bullshit this time when starting up. I, I don't yeah. know what to do with us now. Like, starting without all the bullshit, I feel slightly lost at sea. <laughs> I'm just not... Suppose, I, I suppose we could talk about video games. I mean, Yeah, could, but, like, I was hoping we'd talk about bullshit, because that would give me time to eat my pot noodle quietly in the background and totally, like, <laughs> be like, yeah, I'm totally doing work and not just eating a pot noodle with a muted mic. Should we do... I can't oh, yeah. switch the bullshit on and off with a switch. It's, well, it, it's got to come to me naturally. Well, we'll just have to let the bullshit come naturally when it goes. Gavin, do you want to start us off by talking about a video game that you played? This is weird, isn't it? Like, starting with Gavin, talking about video games and not doing bullshit first. It's like it's, everything's it's a in weird Back, back to Frontland. Yeah, yeah, I thought mm. I'd do it's that opposite to just... today. You gotta, you gotta keep your podcast co-hosts on their game. That's something I learned at podcast school. Um, so, you know, you switch it up a bit. So we're having Gavin talk about a video game he played. How about that? How's Gav- that for blowing your fucking mind? <laughs> Gavin, you played Destiny 2, which I have, like, no... Actually, I was going to say I have no input on. I've not played the Destiny 2 thing, but, like, as someone that was a bit meh about the first Destiny, I'm hoping you can kind yeah. of sell me on the sequel. So how's Destiny 2 going for you? Okay, so, um, so far, I like what I see. There's... The biggest thing for me is that in the one story mission uh, in the campaign, they seem to have listened to a lot of the criticism and the story actually has a story now. And you're kind of... um, Every beat that happens in the story is in a cutscene or in front of you and explained pretty well. There's no kind of wondering, what the hell am I doing here? What's going on? You know why you're there and what's happening. And, you know, that is very positive to me. The, there the did seem like a big innovation pieces. in Destiny 2 is is an actual story and things make yeah, sense. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, it had like these huge kind of epic, ridiculous set pieces, which the first game didn't really have much of. And it actually made me think of Halo 3 a few times, which is which was really nice because I remember many moments in Halo 3 where you're you're doing the story and there were just these moments you're like, man, this is epic. 
this is so cool and mm-hmm. nothing really in the first game made me feel like that and there were a couple of moments like that so hopefully um i don't know now if the rest of the game is anything like that first mission but if the story missions are more like that then i think they could be onto something good. I, yeah. I do have a question about that story mission that's in there like i'm assuming yeah. that this isn't single player story you're still playing multiplayer with other online destiny people right uh, it's. I didn't encounter any other players in that first mission. Okay, because so... that's kind of what I was wondering. Is the is yeah. this like? Are are you doing story missions and then having to run out with a bunch of people you don't know, or like? I'm kind no, of more I interested I'm, hearing that it's single I f- player. Maybe. I feel like I feel like maybe that's just to get you set up. Because like, do you remember at the start of Destiny One, there was a part where you were on your own as well. There was like yeah. a whole mission uh-huh. you did on your own. Yeah, but, um, that's there's fair. also uh, there's also a co-op mission in the beta and it's more it's you know what it's more of the same it it is just more destiny there's not a huge but it's more destiny year 3 than destiny year 1 this kind of you know it's more sort of when taken king era rather good. than launch day yeah and and the 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 levels are really cool they're designed well there's Throughout the raid, which was about half an hour long, there were lots of different parts, like jumping through these big rings that shoot you up in the sky. There was a, a platforming part. The boss fight I won't spoil, but it was the most interesting boss fight I've seen in Destiny so far, the mm-hmm. way the environment interacted. There's a bit where you're running, there's this big um, machine going around in a circle and you have to dodge the dodge under it while there's things running at you. There, there were lots of like clever, inventive ideas in the strike, and I think that's really cool. It wasn't just running down corridors shooting, you know. I was just going to say, even in just looking at the the first bit of footage they showed, there was more action and, and dynamism and things going on in just yeah. like the 15, 10, 15 minute demo than there was, I felt, in my entire experience playing the original Destiny. It already looked like such a yeah, huge definitely. leap from when I stopped playing. Yeah, like yeah, wa- watching the footage, it looked less obviously like it was trying to be an FPS MMO. And that had me kind of excited that it looked less like it was just do the shoot, make the numbers happen, hooray, you shot them, go on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that, that's... It was almost like an, an environmental like um, evolution through through the levels, do you know? Mm. Um, again, which reminded me of Halo 3, which is a good thing because I loved Halo 3. Um, there's yeah, a few things. with Destiny was just a lot of time you just felt like you were shooting things and watching bars go down. Like you're just, as Laura said, stop, shoot, get the num, like make numbers happen and then go yeah. off and do it again. It, it's just so rote every mission, um, which again is exactly. why just that first level that they've showed had more going on it, on, more going on in it than the entire original game. Yeah, and to be fair, a couple of the stuff, a couple of the levels they added in DLCs to Destiny later were more along those lines. But what I saw in the beta was a step, a step further than that. You know, yeah. Um, there's a couple of things. Sorry, you that's go on. That's alright. Now go on. I was just going to say there are a couple of things mechanically. I hope they change in the finished game. The cooldowns for your powers are just ridiculously long, which makes uh, the boss fights really not that like. Hmm. The boss fight was was fun because it was so different. But again, when you've a bullet sponge with that much health, you want to be able to use your powers more often. Otherwise, you're just endlessly shooting him, and it's kind of yeah. Boring. Boss fights in Destiny were so dull. It was just 
chopping a tree trunk. That that's how I've seen those kinds of, of fights described. It's like chopping a tree trunk, and then that I hate that stuff. Unless unless it's like changing constantly as the fight goes on, just yeah. standing there shooting does and watching do a that. boss slowly deplete. It's it's just soul sucking. The boss fight does evolve and change as it goes on. Like what Jim was saying, he hoped for there, or not hoped for, but liked when that happened, and that does somewhat take away from the bullet spongy monotony mm. of it but like i i just my worry is that they've picked the two most interesting missions <laughs> you know there's that skepticism in me there's always that of, fear yeah first, you know i remember um, but, uh, when they brought back area 51 um the the arcade game they they put it on i think it was ps2 as yeah. as a first person proper you know campaign first person shooter it was notable for having david Duchovny in it and marilyn manson in it uh, as yeah. voice actors, although calling David Duchovny a voice actor is... Uh, mm. uh, and it's like the first 20 minutes of that game is amazing. Like, nailed the atmosphere and made it, like, creepy and had really good set pieces. And then, like, it was, like, a harsh drop in quality after that. Just enough for the demo and stuff. And then, boom, the rest of the game, complete horseshit. Just wow. so lazy and uninspired, like just endless corridors and dull story. And, it, it's and almost like really it's, trite shooting. It's almost like it's easiest to sell a game if you show off the best parts of it and then hope that like people don't find out that the rest of it is worse than that. It's almost like yeah, that's I mean, PR's that's, job, isn't it? That yeah. is. I mean, obviously, we know why they do it, but but as Gav said, it, it leads I to hope, that cynicism. I hope you can't. You can't get away with it. You can, yeah. you can only get away with that trick so many times mm. uh, before people mistrust you as a company. I feel, um, like, I feel like looking at how much... Like, I went back and re-downloaded Destiny um, last week. Like, the whole... Everything with all the DLCs mm. and everything to, yeah. to see what it, it ended up like. And I had a good time with it, you know? I mean... I mean, I've, I've shit on this game so much, but I mean, I've spent about 40 hours playing it, you know, so, I'll, I'll give, you know, it definitely did something right, you know. I'll give Destiny credit where it's due. Um, it reminds me in a lot of ways of something like when Final Fantasy XIV got its Realm Reborn uh, version done, where it, like, it started off as a pretty mediocre game that I had a lot of problems with, and they did some yeah. pretty drastic overhaul stuff that did make a difference and make it more enjoyable to go through. And Definitely. it's really reassuring to hear that that's gone not only across the DLCs, but into the sequel. Like, I've seen mm. a few people comparing this to the sort of jump between Assassin's Creed and Assassin's Creed 2. And obviously, mm. like, it might be a bit early to make those comparisons because we don't know of the overall quality of the game, but it does seem like they're trying to take on board criticism and learn from the issues people had and improve it from the ground up, which yeah. I'm really reassured by that. Um, what you were saying... And I hope, they, oh. I hope the game... This one explains its systems better because uh, uh, going back into Destiny 1 now, I, was, I, I went into the, the tower and there's all these currencies and all these items that you don't know what the fuck they do or what mm. they're for and... Uh, I hope the next game is much better at explaining all that this, shit to this the This is why I'm glad we're getting a sequel, is because every time they did an expansion, they overhauled the currency and introduced a new currency type, and it just... It made that yeah. game a bit of a mess in some regards. Yeah. Um, it's games with too many currency types in general. In without knowing what's what, like... 
there's motes of light and there's glimmer and there's coins and there's all kinds of shit that you just yeah. like what is this the, the, the in general saying, like go on Jim. one currency i was just saying in general more than one currency is too many currencies in a game yeah. Yeah. like like obviously the the dawn of free to play stuff has introduced multiple currencies but some of these games um there's a fucking mobile game it's like a dynasty warriors mobile game that i was trying to play and it's got like at least five currencies in it and I don't know what half of them do. And it, it's when you confuse your, your your customer at the shopping level, like yeah. I feel like you've really <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, it's when, like, when the shopping don't. is harder than the boss. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the stuff you were saying, you Gab, know, about the, uh, the cooldowns on the powers being a bit slow, yeah. I think I, I personally doubt that's going to change by the time the final game comes out or at least change drastically because I think a lot of that yeah. is rooted... In this idea of, I think I think Activision sort of want Bungie to be an MMO, and that's very MMO esque. This idea of like let's make your powers all on very slow cooldown, so you have to pace them out. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're gonna have to wait big chunks between using them. And but the the thing is, they're much like slower other... than they were. To me, it felt they're much slower than they were in the first game, and they were that slow in the stuff. first game. When I see yeah. slow, like like long slowdowns in these types of games, it always strikes me as, well, this game did it, so we've got to do it. Because I yeah. never, there's nothing fun about Raving, having like yeah. all of your powers <laughs> like that. Like I get like the big superpower having mm-hmm. a long slowdown, but generic regular like like abilities and things. When I see them on long cooldowns, I'm like, you saw that in an MMO, and you're doing it just because mm. you haven't even thought about why you're making it that long. I, Fucking have you? The one, have you? The one thing I do wonder is whether that could be alleviated by an increased number of powers as you go through, because obviously, if you have more yeah. powers with cooldowns on. You can be cycling through them it... to fill up the gap until they refresh, which is not as bad. Judging, and, yeah. Judging by the control scheme, Laura, I don't think that's going to happen. Is there not much room for additional with... abilities on the? It's no, layout. it's the same again. Ex- ex- a game like well, that is built for consoles, the... and they don't have a lot of skills. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's no. It's yeah. basically one button is your super, and one button is your grenade. That's and I think like, I, that's your two powers. I and... think that's my biggest problem with it is. You can get away with long cooldowns in an MMO because most MMOs will have like 16, multiple 30. Powers, yeah, like exactly. you'll have multiple rows of abilities that like you, yeah. you'll always have something ready to fire off. If you've yeah. got like three or four even, abilities even at in, like, most. Even in Mass Effect, it, it wasn't too annoying, you know, because, you know, they had nice short cooldowns and you could use them and then do some shooting, then use the yeah. other one. And... In, in this, in this uh, beta, is there any like upgrade path stuff at all that would suggest like maybe you can upgrade these cooldowns so they're not so long um no the beta is very minimal with that it's basically you have your level and that's that's that i think oh i will think so i could be i could be wrong here now don't because i only played with the one the one class and i didn't really look at all the menus and stuff i i did find out there is something cool in the menus for the beta which is they have a bunch of really cool uh, colorblindness options. They don't just oh, have yeah. a colorblindness mode. They have like eight different ones that are all set by like what type of colorblindness do you have, and wow. would it be more effective to for you to set this setting on the UI on the enemies or on both? 
Which is like, that's a real nice depth of options there. So, hooray, go Destiny 2 beta. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, overall pretty good. I'm impressed. I hope the rest of the game is like that because then I'm going to probably really enjoy it. How how much time Uh, have you put into the beta so far? Oh, I've only, I like, I only played the, um, the two missions. That's all I did. The, the strike took a long time because, uh, we kept dying. <laughs> it's, it's hard. That boss <laughs> is fucking hard. And I was with two strangers who, let's just be kind and say, were at the same skill level as me, <laughs> which is not, which is not the greatest. <laughs> so we died a lot i i hear same level as you and i assume greatest gamer ever definitely perfect at games <laughs> <laughs> like you, you're you're no, there at evo every I'm, year doing your button combos i'm famously bad at games it's <laughs> it's fine you're far from the only friend. person on this podcast who is technically <laughs> bad at executing gameplay <laughs> I'm not Polygon Doom bad, nowhere near that bad, but... I sometimes am, but it's fine, because I know how to write (laughs) about the bad experiences I did with games. Um, I'm alright if if I'm not talking at the same time as I'm playing. The trouble is, is that's the only time people see me playing, is when I'm talking at the same time. And I'm not very good at multitasking, so I'll miss a button on a wall right next to me, because I'm running my fucking mouth. Jim. That's actually an, a reason I stopped making gaming videos, Jim. Yeah. I couldn't enjoy the games while I was trying to talk and entertain. Jim, there's a secret you can do. You could record the gameplay first and then talk over it in post. No one would know. I do that with, I do that with certain games. Certain games that I need to, like, I feel like I need to be reacting to it in real time. Um, certain other games. Part of the reason why the like. Uh, a lot of the good games I do, I'm I'm talking over footage I already done, is because I've normally, you know, played them on console or something because I want to play them, um, and it's just more comfortable in there than than here and everything. So I do that, and then I'll just use PS4 Share because it's easy, and then just talk over what I recorded. And the good thing about PS4 Share is you don't just like hit record and then hope you're good. You do something good and then hit the button. And you're like, now I look yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that is a cool little feature, actually. I do love that. It is a really nice feature. Um, so moving on from Destiny 2, probably the biggest, I guess, piece of news, technically, is um, a new games console got announced this week. That That's a thing that happened. Um, oh, yeah, I Ata- vaguely heard about this. Yeah, Atari are making a new console. And a lot of people were like, oh, this is going to be just like a retro release box, something like the SNES Mini, where it's like, hey, play your old Atari games on the TV. And we still don't know a lot about this, but the name that Atari are currently using is the Atari Box. It's coming in 2018. Yep. It's got all your your <coughs> modern plugins you would expect of like, you know, your HDMI and everything. Mm-hmm. And the way they're talking about it is they expect it to have both retro releases and modern game releases on it, which suggests it's maybe going to be more powerful than people assumed a new Atari console release today would be. It's confusing because... What they mean by uh, that is it's going to have Skyrim. <laughs> Prob- honestly, can't... probably. <laughs> Atari can't make games. So I Jim, don't you... know how they're going to oh, yeah. make a console. Mm. That's the confusing part for me. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really weird the way that Atari are talking about this console because they're they're being vague enough that it might just be hey, it's Atari games plus games that come to Android and Ouya. But what I <laughs> they they're talking they're talking about modern game releases in a way that just like this might be completely off base, but I'd be really interested in the potential of Atari trying to enter the modern console market. I just I just can't see it being good because I've played Atari's recent output. Or or rather like the zombie remnant of Atari. This this horrific flesh shell of a company that it exists as exists now, where they're doing things like Alone in the Dark Illumination and uh, what was the others? I did a whole episode on them called The Great Atari Ransack, where it's like someone bought Atari, used their name, and re-released like, new versions of their old games, but in like some of the worst condition. Like We're talking on the par of like bad green light submission bad. Uh, Alone in the Dark Illumination was the winner of one of my year's shittiest games of, of the year awards, I believe. Um, Atari as a company has produced such complete and utter shit over the past several years that the idea of them going from software to hardware is, I, I guess, a mercy if it means they're going to do less software. But the fact they can't even handle their own first-party shit makes me very... It would make me very surprised to learn they're trying to do much of ambition with this so-called Atari box. Because right now, the word Atari might as well mean a big shit. Yeah, I was, like... When this news came out, I had my moment of trying to think, like, what brands and, like, known IPs do Atari actually own? Yeah, it's Asteroids, Alone in the Dark, uh, Haunted House, and a couple of others. I, I d- you know, they got some. I, but I, they got some decent ones, but mm. they've dragged a fair few of their biggest hitters like through the dirt, but with terrible, terrible yeah. releases. A lot of them, I don't know whether they still own, but I can point out like some of the big Atari games that they released back in the day. So they own Asteroids, which is like a known property. Yeah, they brought out a shitty early access version of Asteroids uh, a couple of years back. Uh, Pac-Man. They uh, had the. They don't uh, have Pac-Man. Namco. They don't have Pac-Man. Pac-Man anymore. Oh yeah, that's Namco Bandai. Have that now, is it? Yep. Uh, Pong. Do they still have Pong? Um, I think everyone has Pong. I think Pong feels public domain. I don't know if it is, but it's like everyone has a Pong variant that if they came out with official Pong trademark, I think I'd just laugh really loudly. Uh, do they still own Space Invaders? Uh, Square Enix was the last company to do things with Space Invaders because they did all those like reloaded retro um, things on the DS. So I, I don't know if they have it yeah. but it's certainly in the hands of other companies I'm, I'm pretty sure that most of the things that they're known for other companies at the very least have been making games rather than atari because i think i think namco namco bandai now have dig dug which used to be atari yes they do yes yeah there's a there's a lot of stuff that people associate with atari that either never belonged to them or doesn't belong to them anymore yeah. Do you know what's or, weird? You know, I can remember they've become as too kids. synonymous with another company. 
I can remember as kids playing the Atari 2600 for hours, but I can't actually remember what any of the games were called on it. And I think this is, even if this does end up just being, here's your retro Atari games box, I don't know what games they have left that people are going I mean, to want to buy an Atari box for. Like, I was in Target yesterday, because uh, I was actually looking at the, the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive uh, retro box and looking at it and being amazed at how much better it was than either of the ones Nintendo have been officially doing, um, just in terms of what it offers uh, and, and everything. But apparently they're bringing out a new version of it, so I put it back down. But they had an Atari thing there. They had one of those... Uh, compilation mini consoles even with the little original sticks and everything and you know they've got a, a fair whack of uh old classic atari 2600 games and everything um but the problem is is most of them are really shit like if if the if they end up with like the biggest draw here is another compilation of atari 2600 games which you can get on your ps4 and xbox one and everything and pc mm. and everything already like if that's the big draw, it's not going to do much. Let, let's be honest. Uh, like pr the, Pretty much every good Atari game has had a better remake on more modern consoles. Yeah. I don't think Usually the Atari versions of any Atari company. games are the best versions. No, mm. no. Plus they had that uh, amazing jingle back in the day, which I'll never forget. Fun is back. Go, yes siree. It's a 2600 from Atari. <laughs> it's a tenuous so rhyme. good. Yeah, it's a yeah. tenuous rhyme, I'll give it that. Would you buy an Atari <laughs> box if they made that tenuous rhyme again? Would that be enough to sell you, Gav? If that, if they literally just released that ad, then, then I would buy it. There you go, I'd Atari. Buy the, I'd buy You've got the one ad. guaranteed sale from Gav if you re-release an old ad first. Put the ad on the console and I'll <laughs> yeah, buy it. Yeah, straighten up a fly right. Um, so yeah, like it's currently very unclear like what they mean by modern games, but... I guess at some point in 2018 we'll find out what's going on Alone with Atari the and a new console that might or might not just be a retro box. They're going to remaster Alone in the Dark Illumination and they're going to actually like put in all of the sound files this time. Uh, <laughs> and that's all they'll do. That's the that's the, the full extent of the remaster is um, that bit when things explode and you don't hear anything. Yeah, we've put sound effects in it now. <laughs> um, Fucking you know hell. how Nintendo was saying before the Switch released that this definitely wasn't the end of the 3DS as their handheld and the 3DS was definitely going to have a long life to come and this wasn't a 3DS replacement in any way? Yes, Nintendo says this with every console they end up accessing. Yeah, yeah. Um, new 3DS production has ended in certain markets, suggesting the death of the device. Yeah, I mean, let's not call it death yet, but, um, I mean, it's obviously not a great sign. It's, um, yeah, if you've stopped making more of them... Well, they don't want it to them, compete with the Switch, do they? Yeah. But it, then again, this is Nintendo, so who knows? Honestly, it's exactly the same thing they do. Uh, they It's... The best example of this is it's exactly what they did with the DS release, where they say that, no, 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 it's definitely not replacing the Game Boy brand, because if this flops, they want to be able to go back to making GBA games. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as it becomes clear that the new thing is selling well, it's like, oh. It's yeah. I think Game Boy is, um, is Nintendo are holding that as their wild card the same oh, way Activision yeah. held on to the Call of Duty 4 remaster for so long. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, yeah, that's their yeah. Final Fantasy VII remake. That's yeah. the, 
we've got the game. We've always got the Game Boy in the bank. Yeah, yeah like as... they know they they could just say the words Game Boy, and the games media would fucking shit yeah, their we're, pants. Yeah, we're releasing enjoy, like, the Game Boy HD. There you without, go. Without any thought for how good it's gonna be. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, like, it, it's exactly that same thing. It's as soon as they saw the Switch is selling all right, they're like, yeah, we don't need to rely on the 3DS continuing to sell. There's probably enough out of them out there for the games to keep selling. Let's just maybe ramp down making more of these. I have a question, Laura. Yeah? Uh, when the Game Boy 2018 gets announced yeah. after the Switch dies from having no games on it, uh, are you going to uncover the Tetris versus Rabbids story? <laughs> oh, no, no. It's not going to be Tetris versus Rabbids. We're going to be having much better games than that. Um, we're going to be getting Crash Bandicoot X Minions. We're going to be getting Halo, Crazy Frog Evolved. You know, we're going to be getting some really good uh, mascot crossovers. Uh, we're going to be... We're going Doom, to be... Doom versus Skyrim. Exactly, we'll get um, Earthworm Jim versus uh, the Moomins. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the 3DS certainly isn't dead, but I think their whole like, yeah, the 3DS is going to continue having a long life beyond the Switch mm, may have been a slight exaggeration. Uh, yeah, because it's Nintendo. And that's what they do. Yeah, it's the it's like I said about when they throw out a third party thing, and people say, "Oh, it's going to get a lot of third parties." No, we've been here before. And then they're like, "Oh, you know, the 3DS is going to be around forever," and people are like, "Oh, don't throw your 3DS away yet, dearie." Oh. Uh, I don't. This is Nintendo Granny I've, talking. I've not, Nintendo <laughs> Grandma. I've not thrown my 3DS away yet because oh, don't still- hold on to it, dearie. There are some good 3DS games coming this year. Like, there's the remake of uh, Metroid Samus Returns, which looks really nice. Yeah, uh, there's new Pokemon games in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. So, like, there's at least two games I'll play on my 3DS this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've held on to it. It's it's a nice thing, and, and but... I think I think in terms of people playing it, it's still got plenty yeah. of longevity, whether or not Nintendo's going to still make stuff for I, it. Uh, as a system, it's still going to stick around for a good long while. But when Nintendo says, oh, this will be around forever, don't listen to Nintendo Grandma, because Nintendo Grandma lies to you. And she says, oh, oh, that, oh we're not going to stop making those. And then it's like... <laughs> do you know, what's, do you know what I just realised? What did you realise, Gav? That's funny. Is the first year we did this podcast, it was so much Nintendo talk. And then there were From games came out for like three, was it three <laughs> years in a row? Or like, and, and we didn't shut up about those. And this year there's no From game. So we're back this to is talking what about Nintendo all the time. <laughs> this is what happens when From Software lets us down. I mean, God bless you taking a year off. I think yeah. it's needed. But fucking hell, we need something else to talk about. Nintendo Grandma is not a character with carryover potential. She is already late, late. Past her sell-by date, like after oh, line one. Know, the dearie. first time I said, oh, "I don't know, dearie. I think she's got some legs. <laughs> she's got like six of them. She's got that's, the ones on her walker." Ni- that's Nintendo smutty barkeeper. <laughs> um, so yeah, like that. I honestly would be surprised if we see any more like Nintendo developed 3DS games beyond the end of this year. 
Like I, I tried to throw a can in a trash can and it missed. I think as soon as as soon as we hit 20, 2018, I think the 3DS stops getting first party games really that well, people I mean, care what's about. The point? Yeah. What's the point? The Atari box will have come out by then, then all the competition's fucked. <laughs> Um, you know how Kingdom Hearts 3 has been in development for like 15 years <laughs> or something at this point? Yeah, and it's like totally still coming years. and like there's nothing wrong with the fact that it's taken this long to develop? Yeah. The, the, the guy in charge of creating Kingdom Hearts 3 has said it's not my fault the game took so long and basically pointed at Square Enix and said it's their fault, shout at them instead. Fair, fair play to him. Um, what was it? They wanted uh, they wanted an entire engine switch, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, apparently like they got like three years or something into development and Square Enix were like, yeah, we want this game to be made in Unreal Engine 4, so um, can you remake the whole game in, in Unreal Engine 4? Because <laughs> it doesn't, you can't port it over from your current engine to Unreal. And they basically had to just restart making the game in Unreal 4 yeah. because Square Enix told them to. The biggest and shocker here that's is why that, it's been so long. The biggest shocker here is that they wanted them to uh, switch to Unreal Four rather than build another fucking engine from scratch and waste millions they should have of fucking switched, dollars they, and years. They should have switched it to Unity. Oh yeah, that, gotta, gotta get every game in quick. Unity. Oh. You know, if there's one thing that never gets old, it's games journalists and YouTubers flinging poo at each other on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> do we want to talk about this whole Unity thing today? Uh, so did, the short did it become a thing? This... Like, I woke up, I woke up at two in the morning, chimed in, went to bed, and promptly forgot about the entire argument. <laughs> Yeah, here's the short version of this. It's just so funny yeah. how these things always devolve into it's the games media's fault, no, it's YouTubers' fault, and it's like, wow. So yeah, here's here's the 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 basic issue that's been arguing about on Twitter all day. The topic of the day: some game developer went on Twitter and was basically like, "Hey, people like my my customers when they find out my game's made in Unity, they decide they don't want to buy it anymore." This is the games media's fault because the games press they don't he understand like, it. Engines. He was like, "Games journo, stop talking about Unity. You don't know what you're talking about, and it makes me lose money." Yeah. And I, 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 um, I got roped into it because people were, were back and forthing, and I got copied in because you know, uh, as usual, um, someone decided to lay the blame at my feet. Um, and was like, you know, he mentions it a lot and everything, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. I also point out it's a good engine that just gets misused a lot, just like Steam's a good service that gets abused a lot with the the loopholes Valve opens. Um, and and the the main issue is is that Unity is a very easy engine to develop for, and its asset store has become very famous because a lot of its assets are very recognisable, mm. so it's very easy to point out a game and say that's an asset flip. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can't you can't blame the Fender Square for every shitty garage band in the world. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Unity has to come up, and it's not necessary. I don't think it's my fucking fault if people decide Unity is a bad engine because the very worst games don't pay to remove the Unity logo. So mm. Unity has become synonymous visually with shit games. And its asset store has been so plundered that it's become synonymous with the asset flip. Yeah. Um, this would have this could have happened to I mean it happens somewhat with Game Guru. Um, except Game Guru um, I think it is really in the shitter. So you normally just find that with really like 
proper free games on random websites. But in this argument, no, I'm not going to stop talking about Unity. Um, First of all, just blaming it on quote-unquote game journos is about as reductive as people blaming a bad game on its engine. Uh, I I found that no more enlightened than someone saying this game's bad because it's made in Unity. Just saying, oh, people say Unity's bad because game journos, which is blaming game journos or YouTubers, blaming any of the fucking media sources is like the laziest, like the intellectually the laziest fucking excuse for something you can do. Unless you can actually point at something to back it up, uh, which, you know, this guy didn't. Um, and, and I you know, people were like, oh, well, you've got to be, uh, well, one person was like, you've got to be... Um, uh, cognizant of the fact that you're costing developers money when you point out a game engine and I'm like, first of all, again um, I don't say it's the engine's fault, but there are certain tells in Unity uh, of a bad game so I do know enough about that engine to talk about that, Mm. and B ain't my job to make a developer money it's not my job if if I I can't worry that I'm going to cost someone money by criticising something I've been having a really weird Sorry. experience recently with Unity games, um, and it took me a while to, to figure out that it was Unity. There's like maybe three different games on Steam. One of them was, uh, is it Dark? What's that one where it's like Dark Souls side scrolling? It's Descent or something. And oh, what is it? Not Dead Cells? No, uh. it's, it's, it's Dark Souls esque in that it, that it's exploratory and it's dark and everything, and you kind of uh, go in this little underworld. And someone in the comments will know what it is. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Anyway, that, and also with the new Torment game, I had noticed that the this is such a weird bug. The left on the kind of um, touchpad was always on, but was always scrolling. Actually, it was right. Actually, always scrolling right, no matter what. So your character wouldn't stop moving right or it wouldn't stop going right through the menus. And this is now right. happening in every single one of my Unity games on Steam. It's so weird. I mean, that's, and it doesn't happen that's in another reason, any other game. That is super weird. <laughs> that's another reason why Unity yeah. comes up is because Unity has some very specific bugs. Yeah. Um, mm. there, there's a very specific way a, a body can ragdoll and go noodly and weird in Unity. Yeah. Um, that Some of these bugs are like built into the point where it's um, you've... Any developer who knows what they're doing, like one of the first things they do, they'll go in and fix those and deal with those. So you know you're dealing with someone who didn't fucking bother when you shoot a body and it flies in some ludicrous direction, you know? Yeah. Uh, there are certain quirks to Unity that good developers iron out. Um, and, of course, a lot of the good developers tend to pay to uh, remove the Unity mm. stuff. So some of the best games, you don't know they're made in Unity. Yeah. Like Hearthstone is the one that always surprises people. Hearthstone is a Unity game. Uh, Hand of Fate, wonderful game, um, a Unity game. Yeah, I, I, um, I got roped into this whole discussion earlier today because Zoe Quinn was tweeting about a thing that I wrote like two years ago about Unity. And I got to chat to, I think it was John Riccatello who's in charge over at Unity. And basically like, my my thoughts on that engine's image problem haven't changed in the last two years. It is basically, A, like the games that are made for free in Unity are generally the ones that make more use of the asset store, as well as being yep. the ones that are usually like the least polished and the least developed, and are the ones that get the Unity logo on them. 
The ones that are at the top end that are made polished and that don't use the asset store that do custom assets that go out of their way to make their game something above and beyond what Unity as a base engine like would just fart out are the ones yeah. who like the word Unity is nowhere near their games. And I think and if I anything, think... the problem is not that that journalists should talk less about Unity being a, a a thing that games use i think we should talk about it more when it's used for good games to like say hey it can be good just because there's no sure. unity logo on this doesn't a, mean it wasn't a cool unity game i did a whole episode on that a couple of years ago um and i'm i'm wondering if if it's worth addressing again this monday it might not be i've, I've got a couple of topics vying for um for a spot um so it might not be worth bringing up again but Going back to the the removal of the Unity thing, I don't even think that's a budgetary thing. Um, it's it's I don't think that's about um, having the money to pay Unity to uh, uh, have those logos removed. You know, by using the full version. Mm. I think if you've got the artistic integrity to want to have original characters and original environments and original world and original gameplay, you've probably um, are gonna pay above and beyond to get the tools to make this game look exactly like yours. Um, you're going to yeah. care about not what having Unity, you know, taking all the credit for all of the art assets you produced and made. Um, and I think mm. that's part of why it is. Um, you know, I don't... I'm always conscious about the money thing because I don't think it's about money um, and, and, and everything. Uh, some people seem to tie the quality of a game to the amount of money the dev has. And in some cases the opposite of that happens where you get these people with enough money to essentially buy a, buy a game via Unity and then sell it as your own product. And these are people who clearly have money uh, and, and no artistic integrity at all uh, versus people who might not have as much cash but put in the effort and the work and want to make something theirs and will pay for a full version of Unity because it will make their product better. Mm. Hollow Knight. That's what I was trying to think of. Oh, Hollow Knight. <laughs> Hollow Knight's good. Yeah. No, like yeah. the some of the games I always forget are made in Unity is stuff like Ori and the Blind Forest, uh, Super Hot, mm -hmm. uh, Gone Which, Home. Which, by the way, is one of the most beautiful, uh, visually stunning games ever made. Ori and the Blind Forest. I know Forest. it's it's an absolutely stunning game that does not look the way that like a lot of people have grown to expect a Unity game will look. Because yeah. that's Max what happens the when Curse you make your own assets and put the effort in. Max and the Curse of Brotherhood is one yep. where it's it's as a game it's 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 pretty good, but it's not hugely memorable. But visually, it's fantastic, and it's it's often one I show as as you know this is how a Unity game can look when people put the effort in and don't just resell Unit Z with a different zombie name, you know. I think one thing that's really telling is when I specifically was asking John Riccatello at Unity, like, do you see this as a problem that you guys at Unity need to get on top of? And this was two years ago. They said, nope, it's Steam's problem. Steam should, should stop bad games that are lazily developed from going up on Steam, regardless of whether they were made on Unity. Therefore, it's not Unity's problem. And I'm like, it kind of is your problem, though, because... This is the perception of your uh, engine. Yeah. It's a hugely popular engine, and the way it's perceived is something that, even if you don't think you caused the issue, 
you should want to have your engine perceived properly, yeah. and this is your so you like, can this argue, is the thing you want to fix. You can argue responsibility. You can say this isn't our responsibility, but it's absolutely a problem. Um, I mean, you know, we're at this point where people are saying, oh, the word unity is enough to make me not want to buy your game. And and no, I, I think it's incredibly reductive to just say, oh, well, that's Games Press's fault. Uh, I think it's it's a ev- everyone can enjoy some of the blame for Unity's reputation. But ultimately, Unity itself controls its PR. Yeah. And for it to take such a... a a brash, not our problem approach. Uh, I think that adds to the culpability Unity yeah. has in its own reputation's demise because they don't care. I think. I think of all the people involved in Unity's perception issue, Unity themselves are probably the ones who are taking the least responsibility for quite a considerable role in the problem, and would have the yes. most ability yes. to change that perception if they tried. Yeah, the, the least accountability compared to their involvement. Like, you don't expect yeah. your average asset flipper to feel in any way bad for Unity. They're there to make money from, you know, originally Steam's trading card market and possibly now, like, just selling as many copies cheap on the basis of the amount of achievements you can earn. Um, that that seems to be what they're doing now. They, they don't give a fuck. Like you don't expect them to. You expect Unity to give a fuck about its rap. Um, you know, I've interviewed people from Unity before, and they all have that that feeling of, uh, I guess, you know, they're making money, so let the good times roll. Mm. And uh, as we've seen many times over the years, that works until it doesn't. Yeah, it really does feel like their solution is just. We're making money, hand over fist right now, therefore why worry about the long-term perception yeah. of our engine? And it's like, exactly. the problem's going to be 15 years from now when like a completely new generation of people are growing up, are they going to want to use your engine if it has a terrible, yeah. terrible reputation? And here's, and here's where I'm like already thinking this is Monday and I'm already like saying half my episode again. Um, but there's a saying, not to keep going on about wrestling like we did last week, sorry those listeners who didn't appreciate that, um, but there is an old saying in the business that uh, when you're succeeding you can do no wrong, uh, no, when the business is hot you can do no wrong, when the business is cold you can do nothing right, and basically what that means is while you're already successful you can fuck up as much as you want, but you're still making money. But those fuck-ups are like accruing a debt mm. that you're going to have to pay. And then when things aren't so good for you, all of those problems come out. Mm. It's basic, you know, it's, it's like a disease. It gets in deep. You don't notice it because you're not feeling the symptoms because you've got the money. Your, your business is booming. But the rot is already there. And this is a company that, from everything I've experienced and you've experienced, Laura, uh, combined, I, I, I see a company that, that is rotting and just doesn't care because they don't see it. I think it's a matter of if not when this becomes a problem for Unity. Because at some yeah. point, this negative reputation is going to catch up with them. 
Yeah. Well, almost every problem we see in the game industry stems from that. Mm. Stems from com- not just companies, but, you know, the people I argue with in responses to Jimquisitions and things, where they're like, well, you know, they're making money, so what's the problem? And it's, it's yeah, they're making money right now because the business is hot. But when their business isn't hot anymore, those problems that I'm seeing, they're going to come out. They will come out. You know, there was once a time where... What, what was the problem in THQ spending billions of dollars to to create ludicrous E3 experiences, to ship out journalists to ridiculously expensive hotels and have these preview events that, that took up a, a, a ludicrous amount of the game budget? What was the problem? THQ were hot. They were making money. Where's THQ now? Exactly. That's, I think that's a pretty good place to, to wrap that particular topic up. Um, I think so. Yeah. So a couple of other bits to go through before we finish up this week. Um, Telltale announced a bunch more games. Batman's getting a season two. Uh, Walking Dead's getting a season four, because of course it is. Everyone loves The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wolf Among Us is getting a I second don't. season. I, I was being slightly sarcastic. Like it, It's their property that everyone liked dot 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 until they honestly didn't. Yeah, yeah i've i didn't play season three I, I i stopped batman after episode one like i think the telltale thing like as much as i've praised the formula before i think they've done so many now like it's it's gotten a bit it, it they saturated they went too they, many yeah. too much they like do- minecraft game of thrones it's too much i really enjoyed season two of the walking dead and what a uh, season three came out and I just didn't get around to it for like six weeks, maybe yeah. two months, because yeah, I've not started. Yeah, it yet. I just I'm didn't still get excited about interested, it. But... And I, I played it, and it's good. The moment I, the moment I gave up on that series, I think it was season two, and the, within the first half hour, it's complete utter bleakness. There's like a beloved character dies, and then like twenty minutes later, I'm in a shed, I'm controlling this young girl crying and like bawling, crying to like cut her arm and shit and put stuff back and she's suffering and it was just this is just I my brain can't handle it, this like yeah. this is so fucking grim that, that is like. totally fair um and then the fucking dog and like Jesus Christ I, it was just could you pile <laughs> any more misery on I, me like <laughs> I think of the ones they've announced the one I'm most interested in right now is a second season of the of the wolf among us because I really enjoyed the yes, first one. Yes, definitely. It was, that, that Laura is by far my favourite Telltale Yeah, one. it was nowhere near as like unrelentingly bleak as some of their work, yeah. which was nice. Um, yeah. It was still bleak, but in a, in a different kind of way, I thought. Yeah, there, was, there were moments yeah. of levity. You had an up and down rather yeah. than just all it aboard the depression Thrones train. Seasons, <laughs> it was Game of Thrones season six as opposed to season five. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, one thing I do think... Interesting, and I'm going to bring it up just because we've talked about this a few weeks back. Telltale's PR department actively denied that Wolf Among Us Season 2 was happening 24 hours before they announced it. So there was a leak that happened, and it was looking pretty obvious that Wolf Among Us Season 2 was coming, and people were asking them on Twitter, and their Twitter account was like, don't get your hopes up, you know, don't, yeah, we know what you've heard, but don't get your hopes up, and then 24 hours later announces it. It's like... Again, don't take anything PR say for granted, because, you know. Mm. Just they as lie. a general it's reminder to everyone, to they will lie. They will lie, yeah. 
all the um, time. Before... They love it. Like they get off on it. They come because they lie. <laughs> yeah, they they can't come anymore unless they're like, oh, wife, your name is a different thing to what your name is. Oh, there we go. I I came because they I do lied. the red dwarf thing. They do the red dwarf thing with the banana, where they they refer to it as a traffic warden, and then it's. <laughs> <laughs> um. Before we go, did you want to you wanted to talk a bit about Shadow of Mordor this week, Jim? Because nah. you've been you've been playing um, Shadow of Mordor this week. Is I that mean, thing I have, you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. I've. I mean, I can. I've I've got nothing major to say about it. I liked it. Um, I didn't like Bright Lord. I started playing the Bright Lord because I got the game of the year edition. I, I played through all of the 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 main campaign, Lord of the Hunt. Um, and was still eager for more, which is unusual because it's a fucking, it's full of open world problems. Like I stopped doing a lot of the submissions because they got exhausting. Um, but that Nemesis system really is good. Like it's not oversold. Like it really does keep you hooked in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I stopped because Bright Lord wasn't very fun. Um, are but you until in then, any way? It was a good laugh. Are you in any way interested in the fact that apparently Shadow of War? Uh, is that what the sequel's called? Apparently you'll be able yeah. to import your nemesis from Shadow of Mordor. I'm I'm excited about it. Except for the fact that Latbag the Immovable is a complete and total fucking wanker who I hate. <laughs> like, I, I'm very excited about the idea. It's such a cool idea. Because you really do get kind of attached to some of your favourite um, followers and nemeses. And... Yeah, like it's genu like it's not even a cool looking orc. Like that's what pisses me off. Like I didn't get one of the ones with like, you know, some cool helmet or faceplate. Like he's like the ugliest face model they have of like the pudgy, like the big neck chin with the pointy witch nose. Um he, he looks horrible and I hate him. Um I did get some satisfaction <laughs> from the fact that I got him in a fire at one point and killed him and then when he came back his face was burnt and he was like you see what you did to my face. <laughs> uh, I found that quite funny. Um but yeah yeah the Nemesis Forge is a clever idea. I hope they improve the implementation of actually killing them in the next game because it was really confusing knowing how to actually finish them off. I I kind of liked it in the end. I liked the fact that I was like it, it had that sort of I thought you were dead like moment to it, um, and then then it kind of made. But when you've sense already beaten them like four times, and you're like, okay, <laughs> how do I just yeah. kill you, him? You end up at, like I reached a certain point where I was like, I feel like you couldn't have survived what I did to you at least two yeah. or three of the times <laughs> that I've killed you. This is now. This feels a little unfair that you're still somehow alive. But like, I, I, guess. I get I it, just... because like, the nemesis Wasn't there system something only works you had to as like... a concept if they come back. Isn't it, like, isn't it like you have to behead them or something like that? T- Twitter was telling me you've got to take their heads off. Yeah. yeah, but that's not something that's made clear, because you assume, like, oh, I set you on fire and shot you through the like the eye. Yeah. It starts making you think you. that your main character is a bit dumb as well because he keeps just letting them come back and it's yeah. like can he not just cut the head off and take it with him so it doesn't like go back to the body <laughs> it's like you know those of my favorite orcs though are the ones that actually do that like the ones that will knock you down and they're about to kill you and they're like no that's too easy <laughs> and they just walk off and let you live <laughs> like that <laughs> some of my favorite like 
I hope they do, and I hope they get some more rock voices as well, because the the obvious Nolan North ones annoy me, because he doesn't really do that good an English accent. I don't care what people say. He works well as the Penguin, because the Penguin sounds like someone who would put on a fake British accent. Mm. But when he's an orc, like just always oh, run off, like in that that certain pronunciation of words that actual British people know that that. No one says it like that. I'm an orc. Um, yeah, it gets. I was trying to pronounce it like, like the some word of the orc. Are really good. Did, didn't really land. Yeah. <laughs> some of the old voices. Shadow are really of Mortar good. was um, one of the only games I can remember feeling like the combat in it was so well done and so brutal feeling that there were times that I actually found it exhausting to play. Just watching it, these yeah, poor creatures yeah. getting destroyed. <laughs> And then you get ambushed by the one that you can't stun or yeah. hit or yeah. stealth. And you're like, fucking hell. I, I know for me, like... The... If there's one phrase that always, like, I'll remember from that game, it's... Akaragor! 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 The one thing that bugs me about its sequel is every time I try and mention the name of its sequel, I want to call it Shadow of Wardor. Because Wardour. it just yeah, it just feels yeah. right in my mouth. Like Shadow of War doesn't feel correct. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It annoys it's me. A pretty, every time it's I have a pretty unimaginative it. title, to be honest. It's just so video gamey. Shadow of War. Yeah, Shadow of War is like the. I don't think they could have come up with much more generic unless it was like mm. Chronicles of Shadow of War or something. Um, and that's a shame. But but mm. hopefully the game will be good. Like I mm. I really 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 enjoyed that first one. Um, I never played it too much in the past, but buying it recently because it was on sale for a ridiculous amount of money, like a, a couple of bucks. So I was like, yeah, get in on that. And then I just while I was recovering, um, spent two two of those days just mainlining it like i was so into it the the so, only yeah looking forward to the sequel the only hope i have for a sequel is that the final boss isn't a quick time event yeah yeah that last boss was a bit meh um, it, it was a bit of a flat note of, to end on yeah it, it wasn't particularly like honestly the fight when they put you up against your nemesis for the last time, that felt mm. way more like the, the the real climax to me. Mm. And I was a lot more emotionally invested in that villain who had been procedurally generated for me. It's one of the finest examples of a procedural generation done right, mm. uh, is, is that game, because it's carefully crafted procedural generation, not just say it's, it and forget it. It's something that only a video game can do, this sort of moment yeah. of engagement at the end of a narrative that is specifically crafted to the way that you went through that narrative yeah and and it, only a video game can give you that feeling of like i love to hate this bad yeah. guy and it's my bad guy mm. like no one else quite has this one you know they, they, they don't have many mix and match parts but they had just enough to where it's like yeah this this is actually my nemesis and i thought um it's like it's like in no man's sky when you're like it's like in No Man's Sky. It's like everyone has their planet, but no one hates their planet quite the way I hate my planet. <laughs> uh, it's a different nice. kind of hatred every time. Very nice. Uh, is there anything else we want to cover before we finish up? Um, before we finish up today, I'm good. No. I'm good. My my stupid back is is hating me being in chairs again. Now that the the gallbladder pain has subsided to manageable. 
my spine has been like, hey, do you remember me, mate? Oi, oi, hey, round the yeah, back. I'm, yeah, it, yeah, it, stop poking your scars. Look round the back, mate. I'm also not having a good time in chairs right now because I did my oh, roller yeah. derby at the beginning of the week and I managed to damage the ligaments in my leg doing doing my sort of silly warm down stuff at the end of the session. I wasn't even doing anything cool, so I'm going to go rest my leg up. That is a shame. Melora took a tumble. But how can people find out more of your work? Me that's that's one thing we need well, to Well, me and my work. You can find me pretty much everywhere at Laura K. Buzz. That's Laura K. Buzz on uh, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Other than that, you can find me at letsplayvideogames.com. Um, yeah, uh, other than that, I do just want to give a shout out at the moment. Uh, if you check my Twitter, I am currently with my housemates trying to help get a homeless person permanently off the street and... We're trying to fundraise some money to get some stuff done there, so if you can chip in anything, that would be super appreciated. We're you trying to help someone long-term get off the street, so that'd be great if we can help. That'd be nice. Um, is there a, a link to that, and I can put it on the jumpposition.com? There is, and I'm just trying to see if there's like right. a short link that's like less, mm, like less complicated to read out. One second. Uh, yeah, for anyone that wants to look for it, it's youcaring.com slash homeless b just the letter b well all right there we go so do that that is nice and gavin you do music how the hell can people access that miracle of sound on twitter and facebook and patreon as as with laura that's one that pays the bills and youtube of course where my latest two are inspired by zelda and destiny 2 that zelda one's damn good Thank you. I like right. the Zelda one. It's it's nice to make something happy and joyful. Video games don't give me that opportunity very often. I had no problems with the Zelda one. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, for me, it's nice to see anything related to Zelda that's happy and upbeat. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, so that's good. That actually, it's a funny one talking about Shadow of War because loads of people are asking for a song, and I just have no interest. Not because of the game, just because I'm so burned out on doom and gloom and, and violence and war. <laughs> I'm so sick of writing songs about war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's have no more war in video games, please. Yeah. For for a minute. Do, or, can we do it for a minute? Or in real life, that would be great as well. If, if oh, that'd be if great. If we could all listen to Culture Club when they said war is stupid, <laughs> then we'd fucking figure it out. Like, like, the clues have been there. Let's not do it anymore. <laughs> that's the message we're going to end on. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for your support, um, especially at the moment, because, you know, we've got medical bills to pay and everything. I don't actually, I don't know how much that's going to be, but it'll be all right. I'll be all right in a minute. Um, that actually wasn't me begging for money. <laughs> I was supposed to be a joke, then I just started doing real budgeting in my head. Um, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs>